Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Hey there, welcome to the Gary Zimak show. My name is you guessed it, Gary Zimak. Today we are up. I'm glad you're here. I should say that first. I'm glad you're here and you're able to spend some time with me. I've got a chair reserved for you at the table. We're going to hang out and look at the mass readings for the fourth and final Sunday of Advent. Um, And also, since I'm not going to talk to you again, because my next show will be after Christmas, we're also going to focus a little bit on Christmas. So we'll do the fourth Sunday of Advent. And then I'm going to try to read one of the Gospels that's used for Christmas Day, just to just to help to emphasize what it is that's taking place, uh, you know, that what we're preparing for. We're preparing to welcome Jesus. Certainly at the end of time, we, we recognize that we uh, we acknowledge that he was born 2000 plus years ago. But throughout Advent, we're also working to welcome him more deeply into our lives and you know, the other day I was uh, I, I was really giving that some thought about some some people I know who just they just really don't know it's possible to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, you, you hear you hear some people talk about it. I, I talk about it all the time on this show. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't used to think it was possible either. And that's why once I once I found out that it was that it really is possible to become friends with Jesus, to have a personal relationship with him as my Lord and my Savior, that it's possible for me to surrender my life to him. In other words, say, Jesus, you're you're my Lord. You're the Lord of my life. You're in charge. You just tell me what to do and I will follow you. Now, of course, that's something that I'm working on. And, uh, you know, we as human beings sometimes tend to be proud and we like to be in control. So even though we may say we're turning our, our lives over to Jesus and letting him lead us, 
that works until there's something that we want to do that he might not approve of, right? And then we start wanting to take it back. So, but it's really important. And as a listener to this program, I hope you understand that if you struggle with it, and uh, you know, you, first of all, you shouldn't feel bad if you have a hard time with that concept of having a personal relationship with Jesus, because it's not something that is intuitive to us. Especially to many Catholics, we when I was growing up, we did not hear about this. We just didn't hear about the importance of having a relationship with Jesus. He's, he's my friend. I can walk with him. You know, and, and when you take that relationship out of Catholicism, it becomes nothing but rules. And you see, that's why I believe that so many Catholics, and it's not only Catholics, it happens in the Protestant denominations, too. If you if you get overly legalistic and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, then you you end up looking at a set of rules and and it's very easy to just walk away from the church, which is a huge mistake because Christ founded a church to help us, to help us follow him, to help us be drawn closer to the father. And to be able to get to heaven. That's why the church exists. But at the, at, at the core belief, uh, our core belief has to be, or our core principle, whatever you want to call it, has to be a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's got to be personal. Because if it's not, then you're either dealing with a bunch of intellectual knowledge or rule following, neither of which is going to get you very far. So if you, but if you're struggling with this whole concept and if maybe during the advent season you're you're struggling with the idea of preparing what what am I supposed to prepare for I don't really get it first of all I want you to not feel bad about that I want you to understand that is really normal many people struggle with that people who have been cradle catholics who have been going to church from the time that they were in were infants, many of them struggle with this concept. So don't feel bad about it, but let's just keep working on it together. And I, and I want to help you to get to know Jesus better, especially during this Advent season and going forward as well, because that's what it's all about. This season is all about making room for Jesus and, and inviting him more deeply into our hearts. And that's what we're going to do in another week on Christmas. We're going to invite Jesus more deeply into our hearts. So I really want to, um, I want to thank you for being a part of this show. I want to thank you for letting me hang out with you every week. It really means a lot to me. And I want to thank you for the prayers, for the donations you've sent my way, for the words of encouragement. I am really grateful. I really am. I'm very grateful. And and I want you to know that I'm praying for you every day. And I'm looking forward to going forward with you right into 2021. I don't plan to go on anywhere. I mean, if it's God's will that I that I that he keeps me around on this earth, I'm going to keep doing this show as long as I can. 
But but I want you to know before we, we before we pray just how grateful I am because recently I've gotten a few extra donations and I've I've come to you I've said it's really important and it, and it really is I mean I'm looking at my speaking calendar I've got virtually nothing for next year because nobody wants to commit right nobody's sure what's going to be happening when it comes to uh, talks at churches so your your financial support is is really helping me. And I'll mention at the end of the end of the show, in case you're interested, and if you haven't done so, or if you want to make a donation to to enable me to keep this show moving forward, to keep my full time ministry active, I'll, I'll let you know at the end of the show how you can do that. But just know that I'm really grateful. Okay, so let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to be here today in your presence. We thank you, Father, for loving us into existence. We thank you, Father, for always listening to our requests. And, Father, we praise you today for your power, for your unconditional love, for your creative work throughout the years. You not only created the entire universe out of nothing, you, ever, you created every creature who has ever inhabited any space in the universe out of nothing as well. Father, you sustain all of our lives. And the fact that we are still alive is proof that you care for us, that you provide for our needs. We thank you for that, Father. We ask you to continue to provide for our needs. And more importantly, Father, as we close out this Advent season, as we enter into the remaining days of the Advent season, we ask you, Father, to help us. To help us break away from sin to help us make room to welcome your son, Jesus. And we pray that we can grow closer to you, Father, in the remaining days of Advent. Father, I ask you to use me as your instrument. Send a special outpouring of the Spirit on me so that I can deliver your message on the show today. And please, Father, open all of our minds and all of our hearts to be receptive to your message. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, thank you so much for praying with me. I am Gary Zimak. This is The Gary Zimak Show. We come to you once each week for 30 minutes, and we look at the Sunday Mass readings. This Sunday, we're going to be looking at the, or this program, we're going to be looking at the final Sunday of Advent, the fourth and final Sunday of Advent, in a little under a week, a little short of a week from today, depending on when you listen to this, not everybody listens uh, at the same at the same day of on the same day of the week. But Christmas is just more or less about a week away. And we're going to be talking um, a little bit at the end of the show. I'll, I'll mention Christmas because Christmas is not on a Sunday and they, these shows are dedicated to Sundays. Uh, you understand that I, I, I would just want to make sure it would be wrong for me to not mention Christmas. We're leading up to it, but I want to mention it at least. Anyway, um, if you ever have questions about my work, if you want to find out about my books, if you'd like to make a do- donation to my work, 
You can go to followingthetruth.com, which is my website. You can also, while you're there, sign up for my daily email reflection. It's called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. I send out a Bible verse and a short message based on that verse designed to give you peace. Now, who doesn't need peace these days, right? Everybody seems to be struggling, looking for peace. And yet, really, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, he's the answer. He's the way to find peace. So through these reflections that I send out every day, I try to connect you and Jesus, connect you and the Father, connect you and the Holy Spirit to help you realize the peace that he wants you to have. So if you'd like to sign up for that, it's free of charge. All you need to do is go to followingthetruth.com, supply your email address, and you will get that in your inbox every day. Uh, Okay, so let's look at these readings for the fourth Sunday of Advent. As I do each Sunday, I'm going to start with the gospel. Um, Today we're going to have this encounter in the gospel. It's an encounter between the angel Gabriel and the Blessed Mother. Now, the time has come. You know, Advent is a season of waiting all through our lives. We wait in one way or another. Well, for thousands of years, the people were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the coming of the Savior. They knew he was coming. The Hebrew scriptures pointed to the coming of the Savior. And now it was time for that mystery to begin to become real. And with the with the words of Gabriel to the Blessed Mother Mary, this process of salvation was coming to earth. You and I, we look at it, it's, it's a done deal. We look at it 2,000 years later. And, and unfortunately, we can't appreciate oftentimes how big of a deal this really was. But it was a huge deal. So let's look at this episode known as the Annunciation. It's the very beginning of Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I just want to pause it here and talk about uh, what's taking place. So Mary is approached by the angel, and he says to her, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Doesn't sound like a scary greeting, does it? But Mary was greatly troubled at what was said. And she pondered what sort of a greeting this might be. Um, Then the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. So there's a lot going on there. Why was Mary afraid? Or, or, Or why was she greatly troubled? We know she was greatly troubled. And the angel says to her, Mary, don't be afraid. So we know that Mary was troubled to the point of being afraid. And I found that when I've heard preaching about this particular passage. I've heard a lot of explanations as to why Mary was afraid. And one thing I want to make clear is this gospel account, and this is the inspired word of God, it tells us very clearly why Mary was afraid. Mary was not afraid because she didn't trust God. Mary was afraid and troubled 
at what the angel said to her. And you can read this over. This is really clear. And he hadn't even revealed the nuts and bolts of this message yet. All he said was, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Now, different, I've heard different explanations. I'm just going to float a couple of them out there. But the point is, Mary was troubled at those words. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. She was wor- She was troubled and afraid because of those words. Now, I heard an explanation from someone. It might have been Fulton Sheen. I don't remember for sure. But he said Mary was humble. So when an angel appeared to Mary and said, you're full of grace and the Lord is with you, she was very humbled by that. And she didn't think she was worthy. And therefore, she might have been afraid. I heard another explanation that any time Mary knew the the Hebrew scriptures, she knew the Old Testament and uh, known as the Hebrew scriptures back in the time. And any time an angel would appear to somebody that person was being called for a mission. When that person was told the Lord is with you, it's like, uh oh, God's got something big for me. And Mary could feel unworthy there too and, and think, I'm troubled. What kind of a greeting is this? You know, but but I want you to understand no mention of the details of the Savior yet, and that Mary was chosen to become the mother of the Messiah. That wasn't mentioned yet. So if anybody says she was afraid because of that that's not what the Bible says, and it, and it's really clear. Now, there's some possible ambiguity here, or there's room for interpretation, but nowhere does this scriptural account in Luke's gospel say that Mary was afraid of becoming the mother of the Savior. That's not mentioned here, and, and I think it's important that we don't read too much into what was happening. And the angel said to Mary, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Now, now we're going to get start to get to the Messiah part. And he will be called son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. All right. So now we're getting into the part where, in my opinion, maybe yours too, where it gets really scary. How does Mary react? Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have no relations with a man? All Mary is doing is saying, I'm a virgin. How can it be that I will bear a child? That's all. That's what she's she's asking a question, a question, not saying I don't believe you to the angel. She is saying, how can this be? You know, that is a really legitimate question. And the angel said to her in, pri- in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, you will become pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. So after she gets all of that dropped on her, it's going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. She is betrothed or engaged to Joseph. She's got a lot of explaining to do. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, I'm the servant of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Your will be done, Lord. 
Think about that faith that was required there. What an amazing display of faith. A great example for us, right? But this is where that promise, the long-awaited promise of the Messiah, is finally coming to fruition with the Annunciation, with Mary saying yes. Everything begins to take place, and she conceives, and the Word became flesh. Now, the first reading is from 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. When King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go, do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, should you build me a house to dwell in? It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them, as they did of old since the, first, since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. And you see that reference to the kingdom, the everlasting kingdom? That's what Gabriel announced to Mary. In other words, the Messiah is coming. He will come. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom, here we go, shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Now, what we see here is a promise, a foreshadowing of the coming Messiah. He's not happening yet. This is written a few thousand years before the actual event came, came place uh, or took place or several, several centuries before. I'm not sure the exact time, um, but it's before the, uh, the Messiah was born. But the good news is that he's coming. And when Mary heard that, what she heard, she knew what the angel was asking her. She knew that the angel was asking her to become the mother of the Savior. The responsorial psalm, Psalm 89, forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. The promises of the Lord. See, this is one of those promises that he fulfilled. The Messiah is coming. And when Jesus was born, that promise was fulfilled. Through all generations, my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, my kindness is established forever in heaven. You have confirmed your faithfulness. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. Forever will I confirm your posterity and establish your throne for all generations. See, that everlasting throne coming from the line of David That's the fulfillment of that. Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. He shall say of me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. Forever I will maintain my kindness toward him and my covenant with him stands firm. Forever 
I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Now, the second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 16, verses 25 and 27 through 27. Brothers and sisters, to him who can strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings, and according to the command of the eternal God, made known to all nations to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be glory forever and ever. Uh, the reference to the prophetic writings manifested through the, this message manifested through the prophetic writings through the prophets. We were given the promise that the Savior's coming. And, you know, this is a reminder. The fact that Jesus was born is a reminder that God's good for his word. He said he was going to deliver a Messiah, and therefore he did. Jesus Christ came to deliver you from your sins, but he had to be born first. And that's what we celebrate on Christmas. Let me just read this as we as we wrap up this show. This is the, uh, the gospel for Mass during the... Um, this is for Midnight Mass. The God, and there's a different gospel that's used for each Mass, depending on when you go on Christmas. But this is a great narrative. And I just want to read this for you, reflecting on when Jesus was born. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Isn't that great? I just love that narrative. And again, that's Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. The Savior was born 2,000 years ago. The Savior wants to come more deeply into your life. Doesn't matter if you think you didn't prepare enough during Advent. As long as you made an effort. As long as you tried. You gave it a shot. You're going to be able 
to reap the the benefits. You know, your your life will show forth the fruit of your preparation. You wanted to grow closer to Christ. He's going to fulfill your wish. And, you know, don't beat yourself up about how you feel or maybe you could have done better. We'll move forward from here. If you have a couple of days until Christmas, obviously you do. Work on it. Spend some time reading scripture. Look at the daily mass readings. Pray. Talk to Jesus. Tell him you want to get closer to him. Your whole Advent can be salvaged. This can still be a great Advent for you, even if you haven't been working that hard. All you have is the present moment. And the Lord knows that. He'll work with that. Okay? And I look forward, God willing, to be being back with you next week on the show. But since I'm not going to see you before Christmas, I just want to wish you a blessed and holy Christmas. And all the joy that goes along with the birth of Christ. And the peace, too. All right? If you have any need, any question, if you need me for anything, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. And God willing, we'll talk to you next week on The Gary Zimak Show. Merry Christmas. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at CatholicSingles.com. 